0: This is Courtney. I play McKenna Ali, your favorite Loxodon. Well, let's be honest, your favorite character. I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure. Starlight has taken a lot of love from all four of us, and from the bottom of our hearts, we are so thankful. Every review, every subscribe, every Patreon subscriber, or in any way that you give back to Starlight means the world to us. And in case you didn't know, each reading or review helps reveal our podcast for those finding new podcasts and adventures to go on. I truly hope you enjoy the venture ahead. Until next time, see you later, Spacers.
1: You ever get tired of drawing maps and having your players ruin your hard work by teleporting away? Or using Charm Creature? To avoid that glorious boss battle set in that laboriously crayon-drawn map? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Well, that's my problem no more. Starlight maps and battle mats are now sponsored by the beautiful artwork of Loki battle mats. From lavish palaces to cold alien caverns, they have a solution for everything. The maps come in big books that are easily transported, can be drawn on with erase markers, and immerse the players with a stunning reality. They'll forget they aren't actually standing by that pool of lava. And, battle mats are only the beginning of what Loki has to offer. Want to know more? Go check them out! Or, stop by our YouTube to see what they have to offer. Now, let's roll. All right, guys, welcome to starlight. This is a super special one because we finally have everyone back in the studio. And that means things are only going to get more intense. As you guys all heard, we have finally joined the pact according to Talonash. but we can get that later. I actually have had a burning question as I've ruminated on all of this. So McKenna is someone who can use all sorts of utility spells and she has a Disguise Person spell. And I just actually wanted to ask you, while we are all here, did it ever run through your mind to potentially use a Disguise spell instead of let, and like, come out looking like a plague impact orc?
0: No, but that's a good idea now that I'm here. I could do that again though, and maybe pretend to look like someone who's higher up than I am.
1: I didn't think I was going to give you an idea. I was just actually just thinking about the past. <laughs> you done
0: screwed up there. I you, like yeah, that. I did. I do feel like it's hard to disguise a person who will look an orc when you have a trunk. That doesn't disguise person when you
1: like... Yeah. I mean, is this different? You've used like... this before to look like the yes. garbage man.
0: Yes, I recall that. It's just hard to conceptualize hiding the trunk.
2: Usually <laughs> uh, there's a belt.
0: A bell. <laughs> Coming down from my nose, wrapping okay. around my waist. <laughs> that would be an interesting belt.
1: Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and introduce everyone. So I'm Isaac, your host and GM. I'm going to hand it over to...
3: I'm Sam Maloons, and I play Clyde Jensen. I'm Nathan, and I play Alice.
0: I'm Courtney, and I play McKenna Ali.
1: All right. And with that... Why don't we go ahead and jump into this episode?
0: Neuralink, would you please mind accessing memories?
1: Accessing. Having gained the help of the Lagardy family, a family that is related to the Acer gang as a whole, the Spacers gained their best
0: chance at bypassing the Pelagium Pax blockade. The plan was to utilize the Lagardy family's attack on the blockade as a distraction so that they might slip unseen onto the planet's surface. But as usual, in war, little goes to plan. The crew of the C2 is picked up on the scanners of two Pelagium warships, and afraid that they might be outmatched, the spacers opt for diplomacy
1: instead of brawn, at the behest of
0: Makina Ali.
1: In short, they end up joining the Pelagium Pact as means to reach the surface of Indul
0: unharried. But is it a ruse that the spacers can keep up? Memories retrieved.
1: We jump in, and normally we do inspiration based off what other people have voted at first. But I thought we'd go reverse order, so I am opening it up as a vote for you guys to decide who gets it. So, Courtney, go ahead and cast your vote first.
0: Me, for joining the Pelagian Pact.
2: <laughs> okay,
3: it works. It works. I was debating on if I was going to give it to the DM again and see what happens, just as, like, a, like... <laughs> he a the spice to to Well,
0: yeah, that's a little spice, to it. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, a little him, spice to it, like, you know. Um, I'll probably give it to McKenna, because I, I was able to get information now on some stuff.
2: And I was actually going to give it to McKenna, too, just Woo! because it's not for her. I'd, I don't know if we would have gotten out of the situation that we were in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you Um,
0: make a vote too? Do you just want to make it?
1: Well, it doesn't matter which way I vote. So I'm not going to be salty about it. I am going to give that vote to McKenna for opening up new possibilities. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: The camera pans to the outside of a dreadnought. A dreadnought suspended in the middle of the atmosphere. The part of the atmosphere where it's so thin and so high that you feel like you can reach out and touch the thousands of twinkling stars of space, but not so high that you are not able to see the clouds or the hues or the smoggy colors coming from Indul. And certainly not high enough if you were to look out any of the windows, not see any of the firefights going on below and above you over this occupied territory of Endul, in which dozens and dozens of individual small starfighters from the Waggerty family are flying around, strafing, attacking, and also getting repelled. We pull in through that window though, and the, the camera almost swishes through the different hallways of this warship, of this giant dreadnought. It passes different bots, it passes people dressed in perfectly pleated uniforms, it passes engineers working on things, it passes the random person who has a headphone up to his ears, he's throwing out commands and letting people know where enemy fighters are, or doing strategic movements. And slowly, it moves away from all of that. It moves past a giant vat filled with some sort of green ooze, up a lift into these two doors of a conference room and it centers in on four people, four beings, each with different motivations, but all who have been brought together by fate. We have a Loxodon, part elephant, part woman, who stands there towering over all, but this juggernaut man by the name of Atlas, who is at times seems more cyborg than man, and then a smaller but no less intense figure who looks, for all intents and purposes, normal human, but we all know that he is synthetic, artificial. And they stand before a woman, an orc woman, in a pleated uniform, uniform gray with tassels on the shoulders, some ribbons. And she has just smiled, a cold, hard smile, but a smile nonetheless to say, Welcome to the Pact. And as you know, this is Leet Talanash. She takes a moment to observe and take in all of you. Let her words settle in.
0: Thank you for the welcome. Still trying to figure out the whole process we just went through, but would love to know where we can assist.
1: She nods her head, moves his lock of hair out of the way behind an ear, crosses arms that look like they were made for the battlefield. We will find a place where you can assist. The process you just went under was to test not only your worthiness of being brought into the pact, but also to see if you were lying. We left it to the priests and apparently you passed. And so here you are under my command. What are your skills? where would you think yourself best to be suited?
2: Hmm. Well, I've been told uh, I have a pretty good trigger finger, and uh, I used to be a pilot back in my day, so I guess I could, I could always help out with that, and maybe some mechanical-type uh, stuff. But what exactly is the Pelagian Pack, and why is it so... Uh, why, why, why do you have to? Why do you put all these people through these tests before they can even join? It just seems like a ragtag bunch of, ragtag group of, you know, species and whatnot. And I guess I'm just having a hard time understanding what the whole purpose of it all is.
1: Leave it to those damn priests to not give you the answers you need. I always speaking flowery language and metaphors. Not everyone goes through all the tests you went through. In your case, as I understand, you were given a hug to check your heart rate and some discernment was brought in. Not everyone goes through that, but everyone goes through the box. There is a test of strength that is required, as is part of our rich history and culture, at least what once was before the Triumvirate got involved. But I'll give you an answer about the Pelagian Pact, certainly. Our Lord Chief brought this pack together, as I'm sure they told you. What began as a simple strike against the reveries, a revenge, turned this into what you see before you today. After we freed the First of the Sense, it was realized that we weren't the only ones who were against the different halls of the Triumvirate, And so we set about, Calic, set about, starting the engine which would free us. I don't know if he can commune with Grumish as he says, or as the priest would imply, but he is a man of vision. Out in the outer edges, there are tons of asteroids to be mined. One of the more rare minerals, which is Pelagium. That's where a lot of our kind were sent. Those who fought back, who were captured, or those who didn't have a job that was offered. Orcs make Orcs are great at that work. It's brutal. Where most of the species would fail we don't. Some were indentured to the corporations. So in the outer territories of the entire Celestial Federation, we slowly freed them, made deals, and that's where you get the name of the Pelagium Pact. If you look at our ships, most of them have elements of Pelagium in it. And for good reason. She seems like she wants to say or would say more there, but doesn't. Just kind of like holds that in. Ultimately, our goals are simple. We wish to in the triumvirate. We wish to complete an eye for an eye upon this planet here, upon those who have supported the destruction of my kind who have dispersed loxodons who have all but eradicated gnomes and gnome kind and we will use anything to make that happen but once we have completed this once we have destroyed the triumvirate the last objective that we have not been able to complete we'll even duel B and from there we have no interest in ruling this galaxy.
2: Mm. But, <clears throat> say you guys complete your task, uh, your task of revenge, who's to say that they won't just come back and try again? I mean, doesn't it seem kind of, I mean, sure you guys win, but they come back and fight you again, and it doesn't it just seem like it'll be a continuous cycle?
1: That is the cycle of war. That is the cycle of life. Without war, there is no peace. Mm, That makes people soft. There will be wars forever. We will broker our own peace treaty. We will have however long they wanna give us. But I think by the time we are through with the Triumvirate, not many others will try. Not for a while. We will take our home world, and we will be. Until the next cycle comes. But I don't think anyone will try after we are done for quite some time.
0: Well, that gives us some good food for thought. Um, You seem like one I can be transparent and honest with. And I feel like we're building some kind of trust here. So, I just... I just need to, um share with you that I have a son and I'm actually going to turn my intercom on so Sisa can start hearing all this because he may need to react. Um I have a son who is also a Synth who I adopted recently so there's a lot of joy happening and he well never mind um well I'm kind of nervous about sharing this. He's on the ship, and I think he needs to go through the box test to make sure that he um, he is strong enough to be here.
1: She kind of like moves a little and looks you up and down. She's looking. Oh, she's looking up at you, and slowly she nods. Oh, he certainly will have to go through the test. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's strong enough to make it through?
0: 100%. Atlas is his mentor here and has taught him quite a bit.
1: If he fails, he will be killed.
0: And that is a risk we will have to take.
3: Do you think it's necessary for him to take the test when he's a
1: child? Oh, certainly.
0: A skill that I bring is that I have a long history of recruitment um, and I think that I could bring a lot of the sense that may be in hiding here on, in Duel. I could recruit a lot of people to the Pelagian Pact. And I think that includes my son. And I think he would be a gift to this organization here.
1: I want you to go ahead and make a, yeah, go ahead and make a deception all out. 22. She nods. So what I'm gathering is you truly are here for the
0: long run. 100%. I don't know how much of the history you know of Lockstons, um being displaced and going through quite a traumatic history, but, but I love what you're doing here.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I don't understand why you're laughing.
1: I truly thought that you were here Not because you wanted to be here, but because you were caught trying to come in. No. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's funny. Well then, never mind.
0: What were you thinking? The laugh, I'm sorry, it was quite maniacal, (laughs) so it put me on guard a little bit.
1: I just thought that maybe there was deals we could come to, but.
0: What kind of deals?
1: Different jobs that I had in mind, but this is great. Recruitment, <sighs> my, uh, my uncle will be very happy if you can actually follow through on this. As she says that, she kind of like rubs a hand on like a, a medal on her chest. I think that will reflect very well on the 3rd Battalion. So I can already think of a few places we could insert you.
0: Great. Um, I would love to just know the next steps for my son.
1: The next steps for your son. I will have the information transmitted over to those who have docked your ship and taken it in. Soldiers will go through. They will happily escort him with the priests and they will put him through the
0: test. Can I be there? He's young. He does not have experience. I think it's appropriate for his mother to be there.
1: Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. 17. Uh, you may go.
0: Thank you. Should I go now? Or is this like a later thing?
1: This will be a little bit later. Okay, just let me know. Now as for your others, both of you look like you had some combat experience. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Here and there. Not one to boast. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, as a pilot, one of... the good skill we could use you for uh, getting people in and out down especially if we are recruiting since and then if you have combat experience on top of that well that can only make you more valuable she looks over to Atlas And you well there's only one other person that I've met who has your physicality
3: to be honest I actually do don't really have that much combat experience
1: Go ahead and make a deception roll. (laughs)
3: 12.
1: Right. Can we be perfectly honest with each other here? There is more to you, all of you, than meets the eye. And the only one that I feel like has been honest with me is the loxodon. Mm. You, I can't quite tell. There's something odd about you. But of course, I was filled in on some of your synth past, the priest made sure that I heard some. So I feel like there's more of a mystery to you, and you, well, I would be fair to guess that you've killed more than your share of people.
3: What I am curious about is, you said your uncle, correct? Yes. By chance, is your uncle's named Kallak?
1: Oh, God, no. Gramish, no. And I don't know if I'd want him to be my uncle. No, I am the niece to Commander Ushat, also known as Borba Ushat. He commands a different battalion. And let's just say he's always watching my every step.
3: Almost like a red eye?
1: No, not at all. More like someone who's judging everything I do making sure that I live up to the family crest and name.
3: I was also curious, because you guys seem to be pretty well equipped you said you do anything, and I understand that to a certain extent. What, by chance, is inside of the tank, if I would call it that, down the hallway?
1: To be perfectly honest with you, I couldn't tell you.
3: This is it a canter bomb?
1: is it can't. All I know is Kalik had it put on our ships. They were placed onto four other dreadnoughts. And he told us when the time came, we would know. And it would be time to release it, drop it to the planet. As for what it is, I have no clue.
3: So I'm curious of all your guys' accomplishments and battles you were involved in. Is one of them the... One of your legendary defeats, the Battle of Bendigast?
1: <sighs> no, certainly not. Although many of our kind have been brought out as mercenaries, so I wouldn't be surprised if you met someone who went to Bendigast, but no, no. For a long time, we of the Pelagium Pact as a whole have kept to ourselves, slowly building our forces, raiding different reveries, attacking different worlds, building up our strength, There's no way we could bring light to ourselves. Why do you ask about the canister? You seem interested. I'm
3: just curious as a prototype to a prototype.
1: Hmm. She seems to take note of that, and her interest in you seems to kind of, like, increase a little bit as more of, like, a curiosity. Prototype to a prototype. Yes. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell you what's in it now. But the sooner that we're done with this triumvirate business, the sooner it's off my ship.
0: Mm. Can I do an insight check on her? Yes. Oh, that is me, not one. You
1: couldn't tell <laughs> if you wanted to.
0: Nope. I'm too focused on Sisa.
1: But Kallik, the
3: leader, has put these on many ships and has decided to drop them on different locations
1: nothing's been dropped as of yet
3: what he plans on dropping them.
1: when we are done with the Triumvirate why do you have something that you wish to tell me something that I might find interesting
3: I believe in war I well I agree with the mentality that anything has to be done in war in a sense so I can't put it against you necessarily but hmm. oh, what against
0: her nothing McKenna can I do an insight on Atlas?
2: Yes. I like the sound of that.
0: That is a 23.
3: I got three. Alice seems to be straight-faced, agreeable with the fact that he, is, he doesn't seem like he's lying. Like, you know when people, like, say the truth, but they... Like, the whole thing about war, I think it has to be done in war. Um, does, he doesn't seem to be very, like on their side or like happy about it, like he's he's just saying it in a sense not to lie but also not speaking his true feelings about it.
0: Okay I'm going to speak into your mind and say she seems like someone that you could tell the truth to. Like she almost wants us not to be on the side with the Palatian pact. So I
1: might be honest. She walks over to the window and looks down at the planet of Indul, puts her hands behind her back. And she says, even within our own motley crew that we've built, We are made up of three different nations. Three different nations with some of their own interests or ways of going about it. But there's one thing that defines all orc kind and brings us under a similar banner. grummish is one, warfare is another, but ambition to be better. And I have not escaped that. There is a good deal of bounty for the first one to get the means by with which to enter the halls of the triumvirate so that this whole mess can be done with and i mean to get there first before anyone else and so as i think about you as one who can recruit you're good with words mckinally or so you say and we can put that to the test and can i m-
0: ask you a question i'm sorry to interrupt
1: there's a flash of anger as she turns when you say that and looks straight at you. Make it quick.
0: Well, you seem like you are not quite on the same page with this whole Pelagian Pact thing, and I'm just curious why. You seem like you almost want us to say that we're not here to be part of the Plagian Pact, and I just want to be blunt and ask why.
1: No. If you weren't a part of the Plagian Pact, which seemed more likely considering the means by with which you entered i believe in the tenets of grummish but i do not follow like a fanatic so i am not willing to see things that do not exist it seemed much more likely that you were trying to get your way down to the planet than by any means of trying to join us but the priests will believe anything that fits their boxes matter of fact half the people who hear well I'm not one of them, so I thought by chance you might not be, and if that was the case, I could still maneuver you in a way that was beneficial to both of us. That's not the case, it's fine. I do need loyal followers, and I am not against the pact, but I do wish to rise. So you with your skills as recruitment, you Clive being able to pilot, And you, Atlas, I'm sure we can figure out something we can do with those, well, you've never killed anyone, so I wouldn't imagine that you would be very useful. Maybe you can just go as a accompaniment.
3: I can check out the prototype.
1: I don't know what the prototype you were talking about. The canister. Oh, I'm sorry, that's off limits. Even I am allowed limited time in there with it.
3: I have personal experience with something similar to it.
1: Go ahead and roll a persuasion roll.
3: Natural 20.
1: Hmm. So you're an engineer. Not what I would have expected, but... How about this? You're very interested in it. You're very, very interested in it. We can talk about it as a reward. You may take a look at it. Once you return from a mission I have for you, Everyone plays their part in the pact. Everyone. Everyone, including the children. And so she looks back down upon the planet and she says, there are a group of scents and a group of others that we would like to recruit. People who have been loyal to the triumvirates. We would like you to insert yourselves into the organization with which they are getting information. See if you can recruit others and gather intel. Shouldn't be hard for one who is used to leading and recruiting and moving by those means. And we can provide you ship to get down and it is perfect. You do not look the part of the Pelagium Pact, not one bit. I have no reason to put you in uniform. Then you would be able to embed yourselves with the Freedom Fighters. Who are trying to break out from the thumb of our occupation?
0: Do you know in what area the turncoats typically operates? I have some familiarity with the planet, but I'll be completely transparent with you, and that I'm trying to get near Gupka's Jay's Chicken or Kitchen. Um. See, there's a specific recruitment. My son, Cisa, that I adopted, has a sister who's working there. And from what I know about her, she would be a fantastic recruit.
1: I have no idea where Gupgup Jay's kitchen is, if it even exists. And she motions for you to come over. And you come over to the window, and you're able to look down upon the planet itself. And some of the smog has cleared just enough that you can see part of this the city. And again it's like cliffs and spires all like just as metal the world itself doesn't look like there's any part of it that has any form of like terra to it it's all city and half of it is just been destroyed you see full-on like skyscrapers that honestly reached miles up into the sky that have completely collapsed and crushed entire parts of the city leaving like crevices you see these long pipes that uh, are made of like this plasticky material that shoot higher than any of the other spires. And you can see that they're billowing the, a lot of the, uh, pollution from the planet and shooting it into the high parts of the atmosphere and off into space. You can see some of those are broken. You see parts of the city that look like it's still on fire for however long. And then at the very center of the city in. What would be known as the high top district, you see a giant pyramid, mm-hmm. and this pyramid is bigger than any other structure you've seen, and it looks like it has no windows, no nothing, and above it floats a giant like metallic ball that almost looks like a liquid metal.
0: Well, it seems like the planet's been kind of destroyed by you guys, which is understandable. Um, but I did hear this thing called oogling where we can oogle map something and figure out where it used to be and then be off to join the turncoats. She shakes her head.
1: (sighs) The place that I think would make the most sense that we last ran into, had an, an encounter with them, would be in the Faldona district or the Bloodstone Walk. We have a few conflicts going on there right now, even as we speak and every once in a while there's like a like an explosion down from that you can see in that area so the recruitment the information gathering and the insertion that's all you finding your way there are you up to it
2: oh of course so you want us to go down there and see if we can recruit these people now from my understanding if we are unsuccessful in recruiting these people are we to take care of them
1: no 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 insert yourselves see who you can recruit who is tired of this conflict who is maybe you're thinking that who they're fighting for is not on the winning side and if that's not possible i will be in contact with you in regards to the the overall structure Our previous turncoats never made it very high in this in this little rebellion, this little force that wishes to usurp us. But if we have a specialist, perhaps you can go where they failed.
2: And I I do have one more question uh, before we move forward with whatever the mission. You guys have been all around the galaxy, you know, fighting these battles, recruiting synths. Saving since. Have you ever heard of anyone called the Rebel?
1: She shakes her head. No. No one called the Rebel.
0: Mm. All right. Well, while we're asking about connections, this might be just um, a quicker route. Do you have anyone in the Palladian Pact? Do you have their database to look up someone named Carice? She's a sense, so I thought she might be compelled to join.
1: You could look it up. Yes, we do have a way you could do that. Fantastic. How does tomorrow sound for this drop?
2: It was fine by me. Yeah, that works.
1: Standard time four thirty.
0: That is early. Be ready.
1: Good. Please make yourselves at home but not too much. I wouldn't want you to carry too much of the Pelagium packs since, and I will see to it that your ship is fueled and ready to drop tomorrow.
0: And regarding Sisa, when will his test be?
1: She smiles. I'll contact you, but it will be tonight. Great. And then she leaves the room, leaving you three alone. So you you follow after her shortly, and you just catch the telling that she presses a button on the lift, and it closes, and she disappears. So you get to the lift. And you see that it requires some form of authorization to get to that level. Is there anyone around me? There's like random passerbyers, but it's not super busy.
2: You think maybe we should have gone after him?
0: You know, I think he's in a weird mood. Yeah,
2: that's what it has me worried.
0: Maybe that's a good idea. Let's let's run after him.
2: So you guys
1: walk out, and you see Alice standing by the the lift doors. What you see is the lift doors just closing right behind him. Like, it-
0: hey, Alice. Seems like there's something going on, buddy. What's your What's your interest in this in this vat?
3: Uh, like I said, elite is more just that. It's just a prototype.
0: I think I've known you long enough to know that when you get fixated on something, it's not typically a good sign. And so, friend to friend, colleague to colleague, battle buddy to battle buddy, this seems weird. And I'd i love to know your interest in this, bud, and maybe we all can work on getting it, into it together. Because I think Three Minds is bigger than one, and frequently smarter.
2: I'd also like to point out, Atlas, that we're really not in much of a position at the moment to make a ruckus.
3: I wasn't, I was just trying to check the cancer.
0: I don't even have to do an insight check to know that you're lying. <laughs> you are not looking me in the eyes, Atlas. You, I need to know why you're interested in this bat. What is the history with it?
3: Well, I will see you guys at Sisa's test. I'm gonna go see if they have a gym or something here. I'm actually gonna go see if they have a gym.
2: I think we're gonna have to keep an eye on him.
0: I think so too.
1: and eventually you are able to find some sort of like workout room. The moment you walk in, lights come up from the floor, the ceiling, everything. You program what you want in it, and then implements pop up out of the floors or the walls.
3: On the punching bag, speed bag too, bunch of dumbbells, all over 100 pounds, obviously. Squat rack.
1: I want you to go ahead and then, as you start working out, make a athletics check as you're going through the punching bags and.
3: 14 plus eight plus six.
1: You're so invested in what you're doing, just hitting the punching bag with a just. Poof, 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 poof. You just barely catch the noise of the door opening. There's the footsteps of someone coming in, and you hear the sound. As they start punching the speed bag you have up, you just hear the You look over, and you see a uh, mid-sized orc. He's completely like shaved head, and he starts just going at it. And it's very impressive, the speed by with which he is doing it. Looks over at you. <laughs> this is the hardest you can hit.
0: And Mckenna's outside with her ear to the door, sweating.
3: So Alice, so he's gonna take off his jacket. Alice is gonna turn away from him, like to take some water and stuff. He's gonna, but he's gonna see scars. Alice is gonna, he's gonna start like slowly, like steaming, and he's just gonna walk up to the guy very calmly. Do you want to spar?
1: The orcs, his eye twitches just a little bit, and this wicked smile comes across his face. His only answer is he removes this this white like undershirt. And you see like he's he's ripped. And the only thing that is weird about him is you see that his knuckles, the skin has ripped free, and it's just metal underneath. Cracks both of them, and you hear the sound of
4: joints just <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long time.
3: I assume we're doing no rules, right?
4: Is there any other way to do it?
0: What does McKenna hear outside?
1: I want you to make a perception roll. 14? So you hear snatches of the conversation. You hear, do you want to spar? No. And then it all goes silent for a minute.
0: So McKenna's going to go in.
1: You walk in as the ceiling has changed to create like a holographic bell that comes down just a little bit (laughs) over and has this like countdown timer. 10, 9, Eight, and when it hits one.
4: Zalus
3: is gonna, he's just gonna, he's gonna immediately rage. He's gonna actually grow like his claws. He's gonna charge at the amateur and uh, attack twice, because the claws give you two attacks. 21. And the second one is a natural one, because six plus four
1: plus two. As you come up, you slash at him with the claws, and one kind of comes in as a punch. He manages to move out of the way of one, but your other claw with the left hook comes and slashes him across the side of the face, throwing him slightly to the side, and he just kind of stumbles and moves his hand across his face and wipes off some of the blood. Come on! And he comes running at you, and he throws his forearm, trying to like bash it into the side of you and you catch it with your arms hold him in place he's going to use one of his extra attacks and he brings his knee up slams it into the side of your belly you feel like just as deep bruising as it hits the side and seven points of damage cut in half, cut
3: in half. Alice is just gonna no effect stand there like nothing
1: He's going to maneuver like around the back of you and he goes ahead and he tries to grapple onto you. I need you to roll an athletics check. I got advantage. That is a 17. 17 plus 6. He gets his arm around your neck and you just grab him from behind and just throw him right in front of you. And he like barely finds his feet and there's just like complete surprise on his face.
3: I was going to play a little cocky. I'm going to try to grapple him by grabbing like his head.
1: 13 he rolls.
3: It's a 15
1: plus six. As he's still stumbling around, you go ahead and grab him by the head. You hear like a soft like kind of crackle as what you guess is like either the nose breaking or like some of the skull starting to fracture.
3: Alice is going to do that thing where you like just like pick him up and just like slam him into the bag.
0: Stand up and applaud and say, "Well done, Atlas. You showed them how strong you are. This is very impressive." And I'm gonna walk into the ring. I'm gonna right. walk like really close to them and try to like break them apart.
3: As a reaction, like the tail's a reaction.
0: But I'm your friend. Within
3: 10 feet, it's not gonna hit you. Like obviously, it's a reaction to block attacks. But it, can I like have it just as a warning, just like be right up to her neck when she's like within 10 feet of reach.
0: And I'm going to do like speak into your mind and say, don't kill this guy, he's not worth it.
1: Can I make a wisdom saving throw? Nine. The tail comes up, and for a moment, you gain the fear condition. And so you step back immediately.
3: I'm going to launch at the, at the wall.
1: Okay, go ahead and make an athletics roll. Okay. So holding him by the head, you launch him southerly. And as he goes flying, he fails his dexterity saving throw, and he and then rolls a like another extra foot, and just and now he's prone.
3: And Alice is gonna row and say, "Stay down."
1: <laughs> uh,
4: why? The fun's just beginning.
1: He stands up, moves over to you. So he goes to hit your tail. Flicks up his other hand, grabs the tail, and moves it out of the way. Which McKenna, you've never seen this before but the size of Atlas's tail is like a little sharp and it just cuts into the guy's hand, but he just seems to kind of smile as it does and more metal is revealed beneath the hand. And as he's going in to punch you, the first one punches you across the face, then he pulls the hand back lightning quick. And this time he tries to gouge at your eyes. I need you to go ahead and make a uh, dexterity saving girl.
3: Three plus. One.
1: Both of the fingers catch you in the eyes just... Until you make a uh, Constitution saving throw, at the Mm -hmm. beginning of your turns, Mm -hmm. you have the blind condition. Easy. A blinded creature can't see and Mm -hmm. automatically fails any ability checks that require sight. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and attack rolls that the creature makes have disadvantage. And so your, your Constitution DC Is thirteen. So I have
3: Constitution Day saving throw?
1: Yep. Plus
3: four is
1: thirteen. You wipe the blood from one eye, you get one eye open, and you're kind of like seeing through this tunnel fog and your vision slowly coming back. And all you see is red, with this guy right at the center of it.
3: I'm going to bite him. Use reckless attack to get advantage. 18
1: plus You go ahead and you bite down into the side of like where his shoulder starts to meet the neck. And McKenna, you are almost kind of like snapped almost out of your fear, but then when you see Atlas rear back his head whipping and you see pink flesh in his mouth, the fear stays. And Clive, as you're out there, you just hear this sudden
2: anybody else, any other anybody else that's on the ship was just passing by, I'm just telling them, Yeah, don't my friend he's just blowing off some steam, you know.
1: There's there is a slow crowd that is starting to form though, on the outside and someone shows you a side button that they press and like the wall becomes opaque so that you can see in but they can't see out. He's starting to look a little rough. So he pulls back, kind of staggers back a little bit and he is going to run up and he tries to, this time as he's running, he tries to run through you with his brute force. That is a natural 20 on the hit. As he slams into the side of you, 18 points of damage, and so it's halved down to nine. Make a strength saving throw. DC 16. 17 plus six. You you manage to stay on your feet. You can see the intention was to push you down as he's pushing his weight up against you. And you see like this frown on his face turn to a smile as he goes, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. And he goes again for that knee into your stomach. Go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw. Six. Okay, you can still move now if you want.
0: I would like to run out of the room.
4: stands with me. This day, I found a worthy opponent, and I will, will not give up until either you fall or I lie at your feet. May the best avatar win.
1: And then he charges at you, and he gets advantage on your attacks because you've used reckless. Mm-hmm. And under his multi-attack, I have only been taking two, but he has the ability to make up to three melee attacks and he's going to take all three.
3: I'm going to use my tail's reaction to increase my AC.
1: Go ahead and roll that. So
3: that's 18 AC.
1: Okay, so as he comes running, the tail begins to flash, starting to track the movements ahead of time. It blocks the first attack. The second one, he's just so slow with the hits that you're able to just move out of the way. I'm going to use his brute ability. It's going to add one extra dive damage to the attack that's nine total damage and then the attack doesn't relent 12 points of damage have down to six
3: so this time i'm just going to punch him without my claws and i'll do reckless uh 11 for six team. 10 damage
1: how do you want to take him down
3: Alice is going to like stock up to his prey. Alice is going to kind of like tower over him and tell him that you fought well, and then just, I want him, Alice to almost take his head off. Basically one of those like, you know, in those boxing matches, you see someone get like a clean hit.
1: Roll in athletics and a performance combined. Athletics,
3: 17 plus six, so 23. And performance, 13.
1: Time slows down as you deliver that. You can see that the guy, that this orc is almost not even there. There's just a small part of his consciousness that is around enough to hear what you say. And he wants to respond, he starts to respond, and as he does, he gets caught under the chin. The force of your punch launches him up. What seems like an unfathomable height as he flies into the ceiling and just <laughs> Part of the ceiling is almost zaps out for a second. The bell dings with a and then the body falls to the ground with <laughs> Clive, I need you to roll a perception roll that you see in this McKenna who has like way too close to you from the fear. A couple people over, there is an orc that actually does stand in height, comparable to Atlas. He does not wear the normal Pelagium pack uniform. It, what he wears is of similar hues and tones, but it he looks like a tank. It's almost like wearing like a suit of armor from Fallout. And he pushes past, and just you hear the sound of the machine walking. Stops in front of Atlas, stands at comparable height. This orc, one eye is completely white, multiple scars that run along like a spiderweb across the face. And you can actually see part of his jaw hangs lower than the other. There is a complete understanding between him and Atlas. He nods very respectfully. Walks past you over to the body
4: picks it up with one hand. This is the weakness that has not allowed us to win this conflict. This is a lesson to all of you. He then drops the body. He
1: doesn't go to kill him, but he steps on the kneecaps and just rams the foot in. The orc wakes up for a second with a brief, And then he falls back unconscious again.
4: You are not worthy for Gromish. Turns.
1: Begins to walk past Atlas. Stops with his back to him.
4: I could have need of you. If you want to see real war and victory, let me know. I will have you transferred under my control. There is need of your kind. If you wish to come, tell her the pile driver commands it. And he walks out, and the doors close.
1: to the place where your testing was eventually you are calmed and they tell you that they have him and that they are bringing him to the site McKenna it seems like an exorbitantly long time for Sisa to show up I need you with his he would have a plus of about two to make a wisdom saving throw for him 18 Sisa eventually... You got the hug. Sisa eventually (laughs) shows up. He looks a bit nervous, a little pale, but he is flanked by the two same priests from before. A few guards. The priests look at you. They nod. It's good to see you. Now let's see if your son, I am told, is worthy of joining the pact.
0: I have no doubt he will.
1: Lee Talanash said that the only one allowed in the room would be you, McKenna.
0: Okay. Is there... I feel like we're kind of a tribe here, and I'm not the only one raising this kid, and so it just might be an exciting moment for us as a family to to share in him becoming part of the Pelagian Pact. Is there a way that we could, uh, could all share in this joy?
1: I mean, you can make a persuasion roll.
0: 13.
1: He shakes his head. Okay. Unfortunately, no. That's okay. And then 3 leads you and Sisa into the room. Both Clive and uh, Atlas just see the assassination bot there at the end of the table with a hand that warps into the box.
4: And then the doors close.
1: Eventually, after some convincing of Seesaw, and especially like mentioning that it's for Carise, he walks up almost quicker than some of you guys did initially and goes to put his hand into the box. Seesaw puts his hand in, and immediately he starts gritting his teeth. I need you to roll a constitution roll. What was it? Nine.
0: Please no.
1: I want you to roll any skill that you think might help him. Not for you, but for him. He's just he's just a plus two across this across the board. For the audience, Courtney is sweating.
0: Um I mean, I feel like he's just a strong kid, so I wanted to strength. You could do endurance. Endurance would be good. <gasps> no! No, 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 it's 10. No. He's a kid, give him grace. No, 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 no. It's a cruel world. No, okay. no. No. He,
1: no. He begins to shake, his skin turning red in his face. 34 shakes his head. You can see that 34 knows he's seen this so many times before. And Sisa lets out a yell. And then, as a reaction, he goes to pull his arm out of the box. And the moment he does, the assassination bot's other arm comes up. It's sharpened, like the metal hand sharpens into a single cohesive line, like a sword almost, like a rapier, and dives straight for the head. i do going dive in front. It slams into you for 20 damage, and then I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 12 and then the metal breaks. And you can feel it almost like liquefying in you, poison, entering and coursing through your veins.
0: So I'm just gonna try to look at Sisa. It's all for you. I'm sorry, kid. Oh, and I'm screaming, like, Atlas. Atlas, come help!
1: Go ahead and make a straight charisma roll. 21. Sisa backs away. And then do you have any weapons on you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I have a quarterstaff, a crossbow, a dagger.
1: He grabs the dagger off of you and he turns and he goes to stab at the priest at three, four. And
3: my boy, he's learning from the best.
1: The doors open just as you see Sisa going in to stab at the priest and he catches the folds of the cloak, rips through the cloak, but doesn't hit the priest. The priest stumbles back and just, it is the way of Grummish. As you guys begin to enter, you can see the priest running a uh, emergency panel on the side of the wall. And you can see the two guards that were there with him are beginning to move into action now. The assassin bot is standing over McKenna and you can see the metal of the arm continuing to pulse into her as she trembles and falls to her knees. And with that, I think that this might be better off picked up in another episode. Wow,
2: This is wild. That's like a wild pairing. I was not expecting. Yeah, is- Holy crap.
3: I just love the fact that everyone was worried about my actions and May's sending up this whole alliance thing we got going on and it's not even me
0: yeah. <laughs> I feel like McKenna oh but I mean McKenna would save the child. that's
3: totally yeah McKenna would save
2: the child it's just
3: you of to know funny that actually in hindsight
1: thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight if you enjoyed this Please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.